Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to bring in the 10 game NBA main set on Monday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I make daily videos and live stream for NBA and NFL sites on DraftKings. If you guys cannot watch these YouTube videos, I do up on Apple Podcasts. I have a link down below, which is the DK DFS show. If you guys are interested in signing up for premium content, and I'll offer that on Patreon.com. A couple different packages, eSports, which have a big uh, six-game CSGO slate coming up tomorrow. NBA, which includes NFL for free. Um, also linked down below. And then I want to thank PrizePix for sponsoring this show. Uh, if this is your first time watching, you guys are not familiar with what PrizePix is. Uh, again, basically, it's a site where you're taking over under on fancy points, right? So for tomorrow, Joel Embiid projected for 50 fancy points. Do you like the under? Do you like the over? Um, you can mix and match sports. They have NBA, esports, college basketball, NFL. Um, so if you guys want to sign up, you can use the code DKDFS. DKDFS, all one word, link down below. You get 100% match up to $100. And finally, I want to just thank you guys for the continued support as we close in on the 8,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. If you do enjoy this content, if you leave a like button on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you don't want to upload videos you don't want to live. As always, I'll be doing a live stream on YouTube to go over everything, answer all your guys' questions before lock. And let's aim for 200 likes on this video today, guys. Uh, but yeah, with that all out of the way, let's jump in the video. So before I talk about players and their prices for this 10-game slate, let's look back my up here from Sunday. So Sunday, got a little bit of tilting to do. Um, let's take a look at my lineup. So we got news that Trey Young and Capella were out literally right after lock, which I was really excited about because I was like, hey, we're going to get some of these Hawks guys at pretty low ownership. Um, Rajon Rondo, only 40% owned. He was a clear value play, in my opinion. Jerome Robinson was only 24% too. Um, I thought he was one of the best value plays on the slate. He was a core uh, for me. DeMar DeRozan, I just, I really hate this Spurs team. Like, I, one of my least favorite teams. Five fouls in like 25 minutes. Really? For like a guard wing to pick up foul trouble. Uh, got John Collins, another one, right? 25% owned with no Capella and no Trey Young. He was my favorite GPP player of the day. I mean, that was, I thought he he was, he had even more upside, honestly, than, than 45. Um, he also got in a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, paired him with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was surprisingly a little bit lower owned. Now, there was some blow at risk. I, I get why, like, he wasn't that popular, but it was just a smash spot there. Kevin Herter just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Um, I should have tried to get uh, DeAndre Hunter in there, but I couldn't fit him in, so I want Herter. It was just terrible. Julius Randle, this is so... Let me talk about this for a second. Tom Thibodeau, as a coach, we know, right? Known for just running the main starters into the ground. Close to 40 minutes a night for Randle. Close to 40 minutes a night for Barrett. We know that every single night. Well, there's been two times so far this season where... They just completely limit the, the starters. He just completely limits the starters' minutes out of nowhere. One time a couple weeks ago, I get Randall low ownership, plays 30 minutes. Tonight, get him at low ownership in a smash spot here against Portland. 15 minutes. 15 minutes at half for Julius Randall. The bench played more than the starters for the Knicks. So. If you played a guy like R.J. Barrett, too, he was, a, he was a decent play today. I feel for you. 11 minutes in the first half. And this is not just the Knicks. Let's take a look at the Portland side. The bench played more than the starters for Portland, too, in the first half. Cantor, 10 minutes. Lillard, 15 minutes. If you play, guy, if you play the main guys from this game, I really feel for you. Because that is just, 
you can't predict that stuff. That's just so tilting. Just literally like out of nowhere, Randall, just 15 minutes at half. Just, yeah, that is that is super annoying. Now, Alex Len, um, I, I told you guys on Patreon I was going to take the risk there um, just because I felt like he was going to play the backup center. I like the price better on him than Robin Lopez. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take the risk. 2% Alex on. He got 20 fancy points. So he was pretty solid. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a look back. So really, again, the DeMar DeRozan foul trouble. It's just like, that was annoying. Plus, Randall, 15 minutes at half. Uh, and then Kevin Herter played terribly too. But um, yeah, I mean, if Randall, if the Knicks can keep this close and Randall actually plays his normal minutes in the second half, maybe it can sneak in the cash. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's a look back for me, guys, on Sunday. So let's talk about this 10 game slate. And again, we got a lot of games to go over. So I'll try to go a little bit faster. I'll also refresh Bavada, make sure we're all up to date here. All right. So uh, Miami Heat, Brooklyn Nets, 235 over under. The Nets are seven and a half point favorites. Lakers and Cavs are 214 and a half over under. The Lakers are 10 point favorites. A little bit of blowout risk there. Uh, Nuggets, Mavs. This one should be fun to watch. 222 over under. Uh, the Nuggets are one and a half point favorites. Timberwolves, Warriors, 225.5 over under. The Warriors are 8-point favorites. And Thunder, Blazers are 222.5 over under. The Blazers are 5.5-point favorites. So let's start with Philly and Detroit. And the big news is Joel Embiid questionable. Um, this changes things, right? This is a, this is a smash spot against Detroit. I mean, we just saw what he did um, a couple days ago. Went for almost 60 fancy points in 35 minutes. So if Embiid plays, I think he makes for a really good play at the top. If Joel Embiid is out, then we look to Dwight Howard for value at 4-2 who immediately becomes one of the best value plays on the board. And then Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris become really solid spin-ups as well. Would prefer Ben Simmons. He has a little bit of a higher floor. Ben Simmons still won for 48 in this spot with Embiid. So, like, got him. The Embiid news has changed everything, right? If Embiid plays, I like him at the top. Don't think I'd get to anyone else on the team. If Embiid misses, it's Dwight Howard for value. And then Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris at the top. Let's so move to Detroit. So, Detroit, no Derrick Rose. Blake Griffin is back. Jeremy Grant's fine. I think he's a guy that does have some upside. If they're going to keep it close, we'll probably see a decent game from him. Not really interested in Blake Griffin. DeLon Wright at 5-5 is more viable. With Derrick Rose out, he just plays more minutes. Like, when Derrick Rose has been out, he's played, like, mid-30s minutes. Again, not necessarily the best spot, but I think he's, like, an okay player there in the mid-range. Plumlee, the minutes are just up and down on him. Uh, two Valley guys I will mention. Wayne Ellington continues to play decent minutes. He continues to shoot really well. Um, he's had 32, 24, 26, and 30 fantasy points the last four games. So, yeah, he's viable. I don't think he continues to shoot this well, but uh, I think he's he's in play because of those minutes. Um, and then, yeah, Josh Jackson at 4-3. Probably get around 20-ish, maybe a little bit more. I guess he's like an okay value play. Isaiah Stewart, I mean, he's actually been getting more minutes. Plumlee's minutes are going down. 23-19 for Stewart last couple games. I guess he's like an okay punt play. But that's it for the Detroit side. Let's move on to Toronto and uh, the Pacers. So Toronto, two big pieces of news are waiting on. Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, both questionable. If they are both out once again, then yeah, Van Fleet at 7-9 makes for a pretty safe play. Should play huge Mets, played 41 last game. Now, this matchup is not necessarily the best. Both teams are pretty solid defensively, but Van Fleet, I think, would be a pretty safe play if they're both out. OG had the big game. OG had a huge game today. Five steals, one block, 30 real-life points. Um, He would be a little bit more viable, too. Um, Would not expect that type of performance again, but he would for sure be in play. Now, I do want to talk about something here. Chris Boucher, with Pascal Siakam out, with Kyle Lowry out, 21 minutes for Chris Boucher. You want to know who they closed with last game? Uh, It's pretty interesting. Yuta Watanabe. Yuta Watanabe. 
They close with him, a combination of him and DeAndre Bembry over Chris Boucher. What did Chris Boucher do to the coach? Like, I, I just, I don't, I literally have no idea what they are doing. Because you saw how productive he was when he was getting minutes. And it's not like he's a terrible defender. He's a good shot blocker. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I literally, I saw he played 21 minutes today. I was, I could not believe my eyes. With no Pascal Siakam. Again, they use a combination of two guys that don't even play. Yuta Watanabe, probably one of the worst players in the league. And DeAndre Bembry. That makes no sense. But it just seems like they don't want to give him minutes right now, so he's strictly just a GPP play. Um, Norman Powell at 5-2, dependent on Kyle Lowry's status. If Kyle Lowry's out, we can look to Norman Powell. Now, it's not like we're getting him at a great value like we did a couple slates ago, but he should play over 30 minutes and would be a viable play if Kyle Lowry's out. Um, Stanley Johnson started last game with no uh, Pascal Siakam. He played 31 minutes. Wasn't great, but he would be an okay value play too if Siakam's out. So really, there's, there's definitely some value here for Toronto if both those guys are out. If they're both in... I might just it might just be a stay away for me um, because balance team um, and with the top three guys at least and not really the best spot. So yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on those uh, of um, Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. On the Pacer side, again, it's just both teams are pretty solid defensively. I think Sabonis is like a safer play. We'll play about forty minutes. He shot one of ten, still had forty one fancy points. Like Sabonis didn't play every slate. Brogdon really struggled shooting the ball. Five of twenty two. Um, 8-5, eh, don't love it. Miles Turner had like seven blocks or, or something. Six blocks and three steals. So he went for 50 fantasy points. I mean, they're playing him big minutes. He's playing close to 40 minutes a night. 7-4, mm, don't love it. But again, he, the way he gets you there is because of those blocks and steals. The value plays I'm probably not going to get to. Like McDermott and Justin Holiday are all right. Uh, McConnell's actually been playing some okay minutes on the bench, uh, mid-20s. And then uh, Jeremy Lamb has been hovering around like the 20 minute mark so like yeah you can take a shot on a couple of those guys but no one really stands out for the Pacers for me let's move on to Charlotte and Orlando so Charlotte I just I just don't know what to do with Gordon Hayward I just don't know what to do with him he went for 50 again tonight um he's just so up and down um but he's for sure in play like this guy has 50 plus fans point upside we've seen it multiple times already from him he just also has a low floor so like do I trust him in cash games not really uh but He's a good GPP play because he has that ceiling. So Gordon Hayward firmly in play for GPPs. I'm not going to get to P.J. Washington at that price. Rogier and Graham um, I, both kind of struggled today, but the minutes have been solid for them. They're okay plays. Lamelo got a little bit extended off the bench. Again, they're just going to kind of go with the hot hand there with the guards. So never, ever really feel good about any of those guys. Uh, Biombo a 4-4, probably not going to do that. And that's really it for uh, Charlotte. So let's move on to Orlando. Orlando. Aaron Gordon questionable. If Aaron Gordon is out, like Nikola Vucevic is one of the best plays at the top. He actually had a subpar performance today too. I think he only finished like 45 fancy points, but this is just a smash spot here. And especially if Aaron Gordon is out, he should have, uh, he has a huge, huge ceiling. So really do like Vooch, especially if Aaron Gordon is out. If Aaron Gordon is out, then we can look to guys like Fournier and Cole Anthony. Both had to step it up offensively last game. Both are pretty solid. I usually don't like getting to Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier, but I think he's viable play on this slate. Same with Cole Anthony. So, yeah, both those guys would look better if Aaron Gordon is out. Now, if Aaron Gordon is in and there's no limit for him, I think he makes for a pretty solid play too. So, really, we'll have to monitor his status going into tomorrow. And then if Gordon's out, we can look to guys like Ennis and Gary Clark, who actually both got some pretty decent minutes off the bench. They would be uh, viable value plays there. All right, Miami, Brooklyn. So what we know, no Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero. Bam at a bio at 8-5. I mean, this is just a smash spot. I want to target Brooklyn. I want to target players against Brooklyn, you know, for the rest of the year. Brooklyn, 
Sure, they're good offensively. They played no defense. So we just saw what Bam Adebayo did in that last game. Went for 62 fancy points. Now, we probably don't get 62 again from Bam, but I really do like him in the spot. Also, going right back to the wall, Drogic and Kendrick Dunn. Drogic continues to have just floor game after floor game. I will continue to buy back in. The price isn't moving. I know he's got the upside in him. It's a smash spot. So, like, I know it's there. Um, I'll probably go back to the ball with Drogic, and I really do like Hendrick Nunn, too. I think both these guys look phenomenal here with no Tyler Hero and no Jimmy Butler in this spot. Both should play over 30 minutes, so I like Nunn, I like Drogic, and I like Bam and Abayo. The rest of Miami probably stay away from me. Olenek at 6'3", eh, probably not. Duncan Robinson, 6'2", too expensive. Iguodala, you can make the argument for 3'6", probably gets mid, low to mid-20s minutes. I guess he's okay value, but don't love that. And that's really it for Miami. Let's move on to Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, with all three players healthy, they just don't have a ton of upside, um, at least right now. Like Kyrie is the guy for me, again, if I had to pick one, because he's the cheapest. Uh, he's gone for 51, 49, and 48 fancy points last three games. Harden, again, only 35 fancy points when all three players are healthy. Durant only went for 46. So it's like, mm, for me, if I had to pick one, it'd be Kyrie. But I don't know if one really stands out when they're all healthy. The value players are stay ways too when they're all healthy. I know Joe Harris has been having some decent shooting games, but I'm not going there at 6K. Let's move on to the Lakers and the Cavs. So this game does have some blowout risks. LeBron and AD, I think, both look pretty solid. Now, they did get kind of limited that last game. Um, you know, LeBron didn't play in the fourth, only played 28 minutes. Um, I feel like they're going to play more in, like, the big games and maybe a little bit less in games that are not, like, they don't really need them that much. Um, but, yeah, 9-2, 9-3, respectively. I think if I knew both those players, if both LeBron and AD were going to play 38 minutes tonight, I would really, really like them. But and minutes have been fluctuating a little bit. Um, so it just depends on do you think the Cavs keep it close. The rest of the plays, I'm probably not going to get to Schroeder. Harrell's okay in the mid-range. You guys know what KCP is by now. 20 to 25 minutes rely on the scoring. Um, Caruso, I don't know if we have to go there in this slate. And that's it for the Lakers. On the Cavs side, there's really not a lot of like. They use like... I forget. They used like a huge rotation tonight. I mean, they got blown out. Drummond splitting the minutes with Jared Allen. I'm not going there. Sexton has had some upside games with that was against Brooklyn. I'm going to pass here. I'm not paying that price for Nance. I'm not paying that price for Osman. Garland's being limited. No, thank you. Uh, Prince, I, I guess is okay, but I really, I don't like anyone here on the Cavs. So we went to Denver and Dallas. So Denver, we have Nicole Jokic at 10-8. I think makes for a pretty solid spend up. Now, my one concern here is he only played 32 minutes in regulation there against Phoenix. That is not going to get it done. If we're only going to get like low 30s minutes from Jokic, that price is too it's too expensive. Now, will we get that again? I'm not sure. Again, we got lucky in overtime and he got double overtime. So that's why he played 42 minutes. But he was on land pace for 32 in regulation, which is not great. So depends on the minutes. Um, if Nicole Jokic is going to play 35 plus minutes, I think he's firmly played at the top. Again, he's just been insane, consistent, stuff on the statue. I mean, he had 22 rebounds last game. Um, so yeah, Jokic, I do like at the top, just a matter of does he get the minutes. Murray, always viable for GPPs, and very, very up and down, you guys know that by now. MPJ at 6'6", eh, Barton at 5K, eh, rest of the players are, eh, don't love him. Monte Morris, he's actually been getting extended a bit. He played 36 minutes, so what, probably like 26 in regulation, but he's been pretty solid for this Denver team. I think he's like an okay value play if you need someone cheap. Uh, Gary Harris is kind of the same player as KCP, right? 3 and D guy, very reliant on the scoring, low floor, he's not hitting a shot. He played 37 minutes, had 16 fancy points. The floor is there, but like below 4K, you can take a shot there. All right, on the Dallas side, so Luka and Porzingis both back. I like the spot for them. I think Luka makes one of the best spot-ups of the slate. Uh, he was on pace to smash last game, and then unfortunately it blew out. Um, so only played three quarters. Basically had 50 and three quarters. Um, yeah, 10-7 does seem a little bit too cheap for Luka Doncic in the spot. So he's one of my favorite spend-ups of the slate. I also have interest in Porzingis. I think Luka will be decently popular. If you want to differentiate yourself um, in tournaments, you can just go Porzingis over Luka. 
Uh, Porzingis doesn't have as much upside, but he's also cheaper. So both the Dallas guys I do like at the top. Hardaway's always fine, but again, very reliant in the scoring, right? If he's not hitting his shots, the floor is low like he was, like we saw last game. Trey Burke will pass. Brunson at 4-7 has actually been getting some decent minutes, like over 30 last three games. I think he's a solid value play, not a must, though, for me. James Johnson with the Porzingis back. Again, probably still has mid-20s minutes, but don't love that. And that's really it for Dallas. All right, let's move on to Boston and uh, Chicago. So on the Boston side, Jason Tatum at 8.9K. Looks like he is expected to be back. So uh, Tatum, if there's no limitations for him against Chicago, I think he makes for a good spend up here. We'll just have to monitor the news if he's going to be limited. There's no Kemba Walker. So Jalen Brown's viable as well. Um, I do probably give that to Tatum if there's no limitations on him. So again, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Now with Kemba out, there's definitely some possible value here. We still have Peyton Pritchard out as well. I wonder, like, do they start Marcus Smart at the point? If they do, he would actually be a solid play in the mid-range. Or do they start a guy maybe like Jeff Teague at the point guard? So this is something to keep an eye on. If Jeff Teague starts a point at 3-7 against Chicago, I actually think he's a pretty solid value play. So got him out of the news there and what they do with the starting lineup. Uh, Thompson versus Tice. I mean, probably prefer the, the price in Thompson, but don't love it. And then I will mention Robert Williams at 3-2 does seem a little bit too cheap. He'll probably play normally about 15 minutes. He's a good point for a guy. And I love targeting bigs against Chicago. So I actually am intrigued here by Robert Williams here for GBPs at 3.2K. On the Chicago side, not a lot I love. Zach Levine's price did come down to 8.6. So I do like that for GPPs. He's been playing really well this season. Really stuff in the stat sheet too. So Levine is viable for GPPs. Don't really like the price in White or Mark and then probably stay away. One Carter Jr. is still out. So... I think Gafford's an okay punt play. He got in some, some big foul trouble last game. Only had four fancy points in 18 minutes. That's more of an outlier, right? He's a big, normally has a decently high floor, can get you some blocks. Um, I think he probably plays, if he starts again, probably around 20 minutes. So Gafford, I think, is an okay punt play there at 3.1K. Thad Young will probably play a little bit at the of the uh, five as well. A decent play, not a priority. And then just have a, kind of everyone else healthy, like Otto Porter, Patrick Williams, Temple. I just don't know one one guy really stands out there for Chicago. Let's move on to the Spurs and the Pelicans. You guys know my uh, love for the Spurs, right? DeMar DeRozan uh, was in a great spot tonight and got five fouls in like 25 minutes. So, uh, but he has been their most consistent player and he's played the most consistent minutes. You can stuff the stat sheet. I think DeRozan is a pretty solid play there at 7-7. The rest of the players are all up and down. Um, I think I like DeJounte Murray the best for GPPs. I think he's a guy that can go out and get you 40 to 50 fans points. It also has a somewhat low floor. Um, so, yeah, it's Murray and DeRozan. I think I like the best for the Spurs. Johnson and Aldridge are viable, too. Um, it just, again, the rest of the guys are just, they're all up and down. Um, I don't want to have a super strong take on the rest of these guys. On the Pelican side, so Ingram at 8K. Again, he's just not doing much of the peripheral stats. I'd probably still give the edge to Zion here at 7-9. Uh, I think he has a little bit of a higher floor. I do like the matchup here. So Zion at 7-9, I think makes for a pretty solid play. Adams is a safer play. Ball and Bledsoe should get around 30 minutes. Um, Ball went for 33 last game, and Bledsoe actually had the big game. I think he went for 40. You guys know by now, though, these, like both these guards are very up and down. It is a good matchup, but like, do I trust them in cash games? I don't know if I do, but they are in play for GPPs. Hart, NAW, eh, probably don't go there. JJ Redick basically out of the rotation now. So that's it for the Pelican side. Minnesota, Golden State. So there's really only two guys I'm interested in the Minnesota side. So still no Carlton Towns. If D'Angelo Russell plays, he's currently listed as questionable. If D'Angelo Russell plays and there's no limitations, I actually do have some interest in him for GPPs. Not a cash game play because he's up and down nature, but revenge game narrative here, good spot. So like, I would like D'Lo for GPPs if he does play. If D'Lo's out, then it's a bigger boost from Blake Beasley who plays a pretty solid match to play, probably mid-30s minutes, would get a ton of shot attempts up. He shot the ball 18 times, not have a great game. But again, good spot here. And especially if D'Lo's out, he would have to do more offensively. 
If Delo's out, would make Ricky Rubio like an okay play at 5-1, probably play, you know, mid to high 20s minutes. And then a guy like Jordan McLaughlin would actually be an okay punt play if uh, if Delo's out. I would expect close to 20 minutes again for him. The rest of the guys, there's too many guys in this rotation right now. So I don't trust it. Nas Reed at 6-1 actually has been doing a decent job of staying out of foul trouble, but that seems priced about right. Jared Vanderbilt started and looked really good, but only played 21 minutes, wasn't in foul trouble, um, so don't really trust that. Anthony Edwards, they, they literally have too many guys. There's too many guys playing right now. Anthony Edwards, Okoji, Culver, Ed Davis, McDaniels. There's too many of these guys that are playing like 20-ish minutes that I just, I'm just going to stay away from. So it's really the guards for me, and that's about it for Minnesota. On the Golden State side, Steph Curry at 9-2 is pretty appealing here. Now, can we go to him in cash games? I still don't know because we've seen like when he's not hitting his shots, the floor is pretty low with him, but I do like the spot here and uh, price almost below 9K. I do like the upside here and stuff a good amount. I don't know if I can pull the trigger on him in cash, but really do like the upside there in GPPs. Wiggins, fine. I don't play him. Ubre up and down. Don't love it. Wiseman at 5-4. Do like the matchup for him. Should play mid-20s minutes. I think he's okay, but now seems priced about right. And then Draymond Green. I actually do kind of like Draymond Green here. I know, you know what, the game against New York got ejected. The game against uh, Utah was a blowout. But, like, this game should stay close. We probably get about 30 minutes from Draymond. And this is a game, like, Minnesota's pretty sloppy. Right? They're not a great team. So you could see, like, some blocks and steals here for Draymond Green. I do have some mention in him in the mid-range. The rest of the guys, again, they're just using too many um, guys off the bench, kind of like Minnesota, that I just don't trust any of them. Last game here, OKC in Portland. SGA at 8.1K, I think makes for one of the better spin-ups of the slate. Really like the matchup for him. This game should stay close, too. There's no CJ McCollum, no Nurkic. So, like, OKC's not a good team. But this Portland team right now is not great either. So, like, this game should stay competitive. If it does, we probably get close to 40 minutes from SGA. 39 and 37 in back-to-back games. So, really would like him uh, at 8-1 um, if this game does stay close. I think he does a lot of upside. Horford, don't think he plays. Uh, we'll see if he's available. If he is available, would be fine. If he's out, we can look to... Uh, Isaiah Roby at 4-6, who probably starts and plays mid to high 20s Mets, actually think would be a pretty solid value play there. Dort, I mean, it's just, I just don't like playing Lou Dort. Like, he's flashed actually some ceiling, but does have a low floor too. You can go there, I guess. Um, I probably would give that to Baisley, who's also been very up and down too. Really haven't seen a ceiling from him lately, but this is a good matchup. So, like, yeah, you could go there. Um, the rest of the guys, like George Hill's been very up and down too. I guess he's viable. And the bench unit, they just... Again, they're using a lot of guys. I don't really trust any of them. So for me, it's SGA and it's Roby, probably the guys I like the best in the OKC side. Finally, Portland. So, well, what are the minutes going to be like, right? Because Lillard on pace for 30 minutes. Cantor on pace for 20 minutes. So it's like, I have no idea what they're doing tonight. But um, yeah, Lillard, if he plays his normal minutes, if Lillard plays his high 30s minutes, with no CJ McCollum and no Nurkic, I think he makes for one of the better spin-ups of the slate. It's just a matter of, does he get the minutes? Uh, Cantor at 6'6". Six, six. Based on what we saw tonight, or, you know, in the first half, he only played 10 minutes. So, I'm not going to play as Cantor if he only plays 20 minutes tomorrow. So, I don't know, right? 6'6", six, six, is, like, not really getting him an amazing discount anymore. So, it's like, I think it's still viable in GBPs, but don't love it just off what we saw tonight with the minutes. And then value-wise, I think Derek Jones Jr. at 4-3 has been getting consistent minutes. He's played 34-30. Actually got some decent run in the first half. I think he's like an okay value play. You can look to Melo too at 4-6. Uh, Rodney Hood's viable too, but a little, little reliant on the scoring. Harry Giles got extended off the bench. I mean, if they're going to use him more, obviously I would like it, but I don't know if those minutes continue. Curious to see what he finishes with tonight. 
Um, and that's really it for the Portland side. I think that's going to do it for the video as well today, guys. So if you have been enjoying the content so far, I would really appreciate it. If you have a like button on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you don't want to upload videos you don't want to go live. Thanks again, guys. Have a great night, and I'll see you all tomorrow in the live stream.